Welcome to How Leaders Lead. I'm Kula Callahan, here to bring you another edition of Three More Questions with David Novak. David, how are you today? It's great to have you back on the show. I'm doing great, Kula, and I'm really looking forward to diving into our conversation that we had with Joe Moglia, the former CEO of TD Ameritrade and a renowned football coach at Coastal Carolina. This guy has one of the most unique resumes of anybody we've ever talked to. It's a fascinating conversation, and Joe is a guy who really knows what it means to coach his people to success. So definitely go back in the feed and give David's conversation with Joe a listen if you haven't already. Today, though, we're going to take a deeper dive into some of the concepts that Joe talks about in that episode. So let's get rolling with today's questions. Question number one. In the episode, you ask Joe how he goes about finding the competitive advantage for his team. And he says that you find a competitive advantage by knowing who you are and making decisions based on that. David, is there a time in your career where you made a decision strictly based on who you knew yourself to be? And did it turn out to be a competitive advantage? I'll tell you what, Kula. You know, one of the things I always have to do is I have to slow down a little bit. You know, I've learned to know myself. A lot of times I can very quickly come to a decision, come to a point of view, and I kind of skip some of the facts that I need to really dig into before I really make a decision. So what I always try to do is make sure that I see all aspects of every situation that I'm, I'm evaluating before I make a decision. And that really forces me to, to be consciously competent. You know, sometimes you can think you're in, you know, unconsciously competent where, you, you know, it just naturally comes to you and you can make some really big mistakes. But if you know yourself, you can be consciously competent. You can know what weaknesses you might have that could make you make a mistake. And my problem a lot of times is I am so passionate about ideas that I get that I just start forging ahead 1000% without really giving the idea enough of an honest assessment and getting input from other people. I try to get better and better at it, but it, it was a flaw, and I'm just glad it wasn't a fatal flaw, but being aware of it is probably the reason why it didn't become a fatal flaw. We talk a lot on this podcast about the importance of self-awareness, and if you don't know what those potentially fatal flaws can be, then you're just more likely to make those mistakes. You have to know what could derail you in the world of business. You know, you have to know what your Achilles heel is. And that doesn't mean you have to be great at everything. It just means you have to know where, you know, where you could really go awry. And, you know, I always try to keep that top of mind. And that's where I always sought learning. I always sought learning from people who knew more about things that I didn't know about. It's why I went to really famous financial advisors to learn more about finance. It's why I visited uh, great technology companies to learn where technology was going. You know, those were the things that I needed to get better at. And, you know, having a real understanding of that I think really does guide you. And I think it really helped us create many competitive advantages, you know, from the very beginning to the point where we decided you know, we wanted to become a Yum Dynasty and we studied the greatest companies in the world to figure out what they did. And then we took that learning and, and created our Yum Dynasty drivers and stayed focused on that throughout my tenure as CEO. That ended up being a great competitive advantage. You know, having self-awareness, 
not only of myself, but awareness of where our business stood, really being able to define reality for myself and the business. And that's how you really get good. Question number two. I love when Joe talks about assessing the talent on his team. He says that while you have to be objective in terms of who you're evaluating, there are certain intangibles a person can possess that should make you take a second look at them. He then goes on to say that you find those intangibles by examining how they make decisions when they're under stress. David, what's your take on that? Well, I think it's a really good point because when you're under stress, that's when you find out what people are really all about. That's when you find out, does this person really have the core beliefs that you need to have to be able to do the right thing in every circumstance? And, you know, so stress really forces you to, to be at your best and to be true to who you, you really are and what you should be for yourself and for the business. If that's the case, David, if those intangibles come out when people are under stress, how do you test them? How do you test that philosophy when you're interviewing someone? The question I always ask Kula was, you know, tell me about the most challenging time you had, the most stressful time you've had in your career so far, and how you dealt with it. And I think you can then get a kind of a sense of how this person might perform under pressure. The other thing I try to do in interview situations is put people under pressure. Ask them challenging questions. You know, and say, oh, I don't, what do you mean? I don't really think that that's the case. You know, uh, that's not how I would look at it. And, you know, when you stress people like that, you'll find out how good they are under pressure. Question number three. When Joe took over as head coach at Coastal Carolina, he said that they hated him in the beginning and that he had to beg for them to give him a chance as head coach. Now, college football is a unique environment, but people will question you at some point or another as you progress in your career. And David, I want to know your take on how you deal with naysayers. When you take on a new role that you've never done before, there's always going to be some people on the sideline that question whether you have what it takes to really get it done. They're going to throw out all kinds of things that you haven't done yet that might not make you capable of doing that particular job. I think that's when you have to have a deep down inner confidence that even if you don't know exactly what you need to do to get the job done, you will find a way. You're going to find a way to win. You're going to find a way to dig down and, and have the courage and strength to, to persevere. You have to just know that it's in you. And one of the things that I always try to do is, you know, try to have my business highlight reel top of mind. I mean, when did I succeed before when I moved into new situations? You know, when have I been able to really solve big problems? You know, have a highlight reel of those types of things. And that'll give you confidence that, that you can really get it done. And then recognize that there are always going to be the critics, okay? The only way to put the critics where they need to be, which is not in your life, okay, is to put wins on the board. And it's amazing how fast the critics will immediately become people who really embrace what you're doing. Because it's easy to do at that point because you've already demonstrated that you're a winner. But I love the people. I love the people that are with you while you're struggling to get it done. Those are the people I want to have in my foxhole. So David, you're talking about dealing with critics who are probably outside of your organization. But what do you do when the naysayers are people that you're actually leading, are people who are reporting to you? Well, that's where most of the naysayers are going to be. 
you know, because a lot of them are wondering if you sh- why you have the job and they don't. Okay. And so you're going to have to demonstrate that you've got the stuff it takes to really succeed, but you're going to get uh, naysayers from all aspects uh, early on. You know, there'll be people who work for you. They could be franchisees. Uh, they could be investors. You're going to have a, a lot of people always questioning you until you put the wins on the board. You know, in the end, People are going to follow you when one thing happens, and that's that you take them to victory, that they win with you, that in business, you make plan together. You know, in business, you help somebody become somebody they didn't even know they were capable of being. Those are the kind of wins that really convert people uh, to your side and, and keep them there for a long, long time. Well, you've done a great job of that, David, obviously, over the course of your career. And Joe did it, too, both at Coastal Carolina and TD Ameritrade. And I'm grateful for all the wisdom and learning that you and Joe share with the listeners in that podcast episode. So thanks for helping us stick it to the naysayers in the best way possible. Well, that wraps our conversation today. Thanks so much, David. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, we'll help you build the confidence you need to lead well. And tune in Thursday as we dive into my conversation with Mignon Francois, the founder and CEO of the Cupcake Collection.